0: This is a Haloreen Poets podcast, the podcast where we delve into the stories behind the poems on spoken word artists' albums. I'm your host Josh Mozug. I'm here with Egypt Ali. She has a project called Egypt Speaks. We're talking about her album Wanderer. This is season five of the Haloreen Poets podcast, episode six. We're talking about track four, Kitchen Fires today. Um, so this poem, uh, you reference when I set my kitchen on fire for the seventh time. Um, is there any, uh, truth behind this? Uh, is there, Oh, a... there's
1: so much truth behind it that oh, it hurts. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So for anyone listening, I, I like to say that I was a homeschooled kid and honestly, that's more of an excuse because I was only homeschooled for two weeks <laughs> and that's in hilarious. that time managed to create all types of problems. Uh, so Kitchen fires started off as a running joke. Like I eat exactly four food groups. And that's like hamburgers, French fries, hot dogs, and peanut butter and jelly. um, Purely because I don't trust myself to cook anything else. Uh, So yeah, in, in that year when this poem was written, this came before Wanderer was a thought. I had actually set my kitchen on fire seven times. And it would be eight by the time the year was over unfortunately uh but the story goes my grandmother and i were hanging out at her apartment and she had left to go to like a doctor's appointment or something like that and so when she left me alone uh there were a few things that you know was running through my mind and the first was that i was hungry and that i was cheap so i didn't want to walk down to mcdonald's and spend a buck to get some fries and i also figured i had potatoes in in the kitchen. So I did all the prep work. Like I laid everything out. I got my seasoning, like, you know, making French fries. It's a, it's a, it's a process. So I, I cut up all the potatoes and I realized that I didn't want to like share them with my sister when she got home. Yeah. So like I, I took the, the gauge on the stove and turned it all the way to the top to the point where like the flames were turning blue and got super excited. Cause this happened in ice age. And oh my gosh, like this is going to be great. Um, but it, it quickly took a turn for the worse when I put the french fries in there and the grease kind of slashed over the side of the pan. When it did that, it hit the gas stove and the entirety of the, the kitchen stove uh, caught fire. And so I panicked because I don't, I don't like fire like I don't yeah. I don't deal with that like I'm Frankenstein full-on will like run away but if the house burns down and I'm the only one home I can't blame it on my sister so I had to do something and the first thing that I did was grabbed Malia's polyester blanket and just started to she should eat the stove oh so bad um polyester doesn't burn Uh, it it melts.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And uh, there's one thing that is worse than melting polyester on your fingers where you have tried to like pick the blanket out of the burning stove. And that is melting polyester in your mouth. When you take your fingers and stick them in your mouth, try to like fingers off. It was a comedy of errors from start to finish. I thought that the next thing that I would do with the fire is pour water on it. Yeah. Which you're not supposed to do if it's a grease fire. (laughs) Uh, and, And when I did that, the water... Caused the flaming oil to like jump off of the stove and onto the floor. And it was spreading. Okay. Um, we had just, Gotten a, a new carpet in grandma's apartment. Like it was the type of carpet you take your shoes and your socks off and you rub it around because it's the last time ever that your foot won't come up looking like an everything bagel. Uh, and now it's on fire. Like it totally jumped the little fire track uh, that separated the carpet in the kitchen. And I had to put it out. So I'm like stomping on it. I've, I've got the water now because that's the only thing I can do. And I finally get it put out in time for that cartoon moment of like the camera zooms out and you see the soot everywhere in the holes and the next 20 minutes. And with me trying to like clean it up, like how can I not get killed? My grandmother is adorable, but she's four foot nothing with a cane that doubles her wingspan. So when she like opens up, like if she wants to hit you with the cane or bingo flab kind of like jingles over, do you know what bingo flab is Josh? I don't know. Okay. So what I need you to do, and if you're listening at home, I need you to take your left hand and raise it in the air all right take your left hand and raise it in the air there you go now say bingo and and wiggle your arm bingo like now do you see that thing that jiggled like Uh, right before that's the bingo flap. that's hilarious um it's like a bat wing it's great but (laughs) the problem is that when she does that if you've gotten to the point where the bingo flap is flying like you're already doomed (laughs) like something's already wrong uh and and i realized that i was going to be in some like deep crud (laughs) if she came home and and found this hole so i took the welcome mat from the front of the door and like dragged it to the living room right by the the door frame and tried to hide that i cleaned the walls and opened up the door to try to get the smell of the smoke out cleaned up the the stove and then i went to bed like pretended to be asleep because if i'm asleep like i can't have done anything right like that's how this works i heard her open up the door (laughs) And like she she took a big snip. My grandmother is is mostly blind. And so her sense of smell and hearing is, is up and so is her like baloney meter. So when she like walked in and, and saw that the living room had a welcome mat, she she called me out of my room, asked me what I did. And I was like, Well, you know, I saw it on Pinterest. <laughs> like, is that a viable excuse? And grandma's old enough where she doesn't know what Pinterest is. It's like, you know, move the welcome mat. And I moved it and and looked down and and there's this giant black charred hole in, in our carpet. She's like, Egypt, um, you're grounded. It's like, but grandma, I'm 20. Like, you can't ground me. Like, I stay here on the weekends. Like, no, like, you can't do that. She's like, no, like, you're grounded. Uh, not because you set the carpet on fire. Like, that was an accident. I can understand that happening. But you're grounded because you tried to hide it from me and i am the one that pays the rent on the apartment uh and you can't hide something from somebody that owns the house and it's up in the room so i'm sitting here i'm like well i felt like there was just something deeper to that my grandmother is like the root of a lot of these poems just because she'll say one thing and in classic parent fashion mean something entirely different with some type of life lesson or parable um and, and it took me minutes to realize that that she was that she was right that especially when it comes to, to people of faith in like the mental health department, um, I find it super easy to hide what you're going through and, and to hide mistakes, to hide things that you view as shortcomings in order to try to seem like you have it all together. Um and when we do that, it's it's dangerous because we'll fool ourselves into thinking that this is normal and and that you know the suffering, the depression, the cutting, the anxiety, the suicide ideations are all normal. That's just something you have to live with rather than seeking, uh, rather than seeking help. And then from a spiritual side of things, it's like you're hiding things from a God that kind of created your heart in the first place and like has these dreams and these plans and these aspirations for you. And if you're not careful, you will start worshiping this false idea of not just. Yourself and who you are and what you're capable of, but also this false idea of a God that would want to see you live like that. Um, and, and that you can't hide the holes in your carpet or the holes in your heart from the person who created and, and loves the place that it's their own. So uh, it was a story that I told for the first time at a youth convention. Of course, youth convention kids love anything that does with like fire or destruction oh, yeah. or bingo flab grandmas. So they loved it. And that was one of the things that they would come up to me after and just want to like, was that true? And so I started putting pictures of the hole and the carpet before we got our carpets changed out again, uh, in my set so that they could see that it did actually happen. Egypt is actually an idiot. Um, and then it really, it kind of drove the point home to where I could have those open conversations with these kids and these teenagers and these young adults about like, you know, I've been, you know, thinking about doing really bad things or, hey, I don't want to live like this anymore. And we can take those steps to find them either an adult that can help them counseling or something like that. And so uh, when it came time to write the record, I was thinking about all of the different places I had told the story and just how funny it was. Like there are kids that will remember, if nothing else that I do, the fact that I set my kitchen on fire seven times. (laughs) Uh, So when I wrote the poem. I wanted to address the fact that just because I, I did it seven times, it doesn't mean that I am invincible to the eighth because mistakes happen. Life happens like you're only human and you're fallible. So just because we've addressed this issue once doesn't mean that, you know, you're totally over it and, and that it's healthy to think that you should be perfect mentally, spiritually, emotionally from here on out because you are human. And just with that humanity comes like... I guess, not the idea of a relapse, but just the idea that you could also continue to struggle in different areas or with the same hole or, or what 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 have you. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that that was addressed in that poem as well. And then I mentioned also that my grandmother has a cameo in every Egypt Speaks record ever. Uh, and this is her her cameo here. So when we went, I had to record um, or figure out how to fake recording of like a kitchen and making all of those sounds and whatever. Uh, and I had her ask, you know, you know, what are you doing, Egypt? What are you burning? And nothing, uh, just to kind of wrap that up. And it kind of gave a nice little like nostalgic feel to to cooking with grandma.
0: Yeah. I thought it was really effective in, uh, kind of showing that, uh, I guess, struggle between facing like our own depravity and our faults, Mm -hmm. um, and wanting to hide it up and making, far more of a mess um just in general oh, yeah. and uh yeah that's one thing that i find really cool with this is that um i don't know i think it would be easy not to like write something from such a personal place um hmm. you i mean you could say that this is not like a, a hard issue place but i guess uh at the same time like you could be very embarrassed about the fact that you've sit so, lit so many uh, kitchen fires, you know, like that's a, uh, that's oh, what I am. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But I mean like uh, the, rather than seeing that as like a point of like such embarrassment that you can't even like face it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's cool that you're just like, Hey, I'm going to share this because it is such like um, an analogy like to um, the things that we do with, uh, when it comes to, you know, sin issues, when it comes to just like things in life in general that we uh when we try to like perform damage control um on right. our own uh things get crazy messy um you know like oh, yeah. we we might be hiding things from others but we know uh right. you know between us between us and god just like where uh we've gotten um how far we've gotten off path um right. and like really it's impossible to to really fool anybody like we fool ourselves into thinking that we're fooling others but
1: right right and then i mean my my mom and my grandmother have always had superpowers like they are the csi the fbi acd cdc talk adhd dvd dvr all at the same time (laughs) so i don't think that even in that i could hide anything from them to begin with just because they know me and at the same time like with your point there were two sides of that where it was a comedy of errors from start to finish like if i could have just been patient and been okay with sharing like I wouldn't have tried to cook the fries that fast. It wouldn't yeah. have been that hot to begin with if I had thought about, uh, n- you know, not listening to Bob the Builder and not trying to throw water on a grease fire, or at least like pause to think that this may not be the best idea. Yeah. Or just turn the fire off on the stove. Like there are so many places that I could have not been an idiot. And, and on the one hand, it's it's ridiculous, like to think. That twenty-year-old kid set their kitchen on fire that many times, but that's that's life. Like I know people who've burned down like she sheds, like in the commercial, or like their parents' backyards and sheds and stuff like that. And if it's a matter of being personal or being vulnerable, I'll take being vulnerable all day, just because it's easy to fake being personable and personal. There are a lot of artists that will you know get on stage and share this thing from their hearts, but by the time you see it, it's been so rehearsed and so blocked off from that actual emotion that it's almost a part of the script. Like that is now another wall that, you know, you're okay sharing this, but like, did you ever really fix that addition issue? Did you ever really, you know, fix that issue with lust? Did you ever really get over your depression? And if they're being honest, that answer is no. Um, But it would be difficult to share that with like a fan or a friend or whoever's coming to your show because it, it, gives the look that even though you're on stage you you don't have it all together and for me i don't want to change between the person i am when i'm on stage and cracking jokes and like making fun of people's ice cream cones uh versus you know when you and i are are talking or when you're listening to this it's just if there is a change in me it means that one of those sides of me was fake and if it's both of them like we have an issue uh because the person that i am when i go to bed at night in my like winnie the pooh pajamas uh it is the person that that is actually the truest version of me. Um, And if I'm going to get out there and and claim that my music is honest and and vulnerable, like it had better be because if it's not like somebody's going to know, and that defeats the whole purpose of, of this ministry and this mission that that I have.
0: Very well put. Well, cool. Um, We will be back next time talking about the track. How are you? And um, again, if you want to check out what Egypt is up to search Egypt speaks on YouTube or Spotify.